You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. It is often said that necessity is the mother of invention. While this may be true, I think we can agree that laziness is the father of invention. (laughs) Necessity may be the mother of invention, but laziness is the father of invention. We look for easy ways to do everything, and certainly this culture proves that. Brother Dale Perry was talking on Wednesday night about the cell phone. What a great invention, the smartphone. It's great because it makes our lives easier. That's the reality of it. Everything we want to do, we can do from our phone. In 1991, computer scientist invented the first ever webcam, 1991. The reason they invented the webcam was because they were too lazy to go check the coffee that was being made. And to save people who are working from great disappointment by coming to the coffee machine and there not being coffee in it, they set up a camera. They created a camera that would provide a live picture of the coffee pot to all the desktop computers in the network. And so the original webcam updated the image of the coffee pot about three times a minute. Like I said, laziness is the father of invention. Someone had hand pain due to brushing their teeth, so they decided to create the rotating toothbrush. In 1928, two young cousins who were still in their 20s decided that sitting straight up took far too much effort, and so they invented their own reclining chair from wooden slats and orange crates. But that wasn't the height of their laziness. The height of their lady, the laziness of Edwin Shoemaker and Edward uh, Knobbush was the fact that they didn't even take the time to name their invention. They decided to let everybody else name their invention. And so these furniture store owners held a contest to have people come up with a name for their new chair. The winning name, it wasn't sit and snooze, but it was lazy boy. The first television remote controls were not invented for any other reason than laziness. And I believe Zenith was the inventor of that in 1950, and I'm not sure, but I think they named it Lazy Bones. It's nice that you don't even have to use a remote control anymore. My phone works as my remote control. Life is just so good. 
And while this idea is attractive and we look for ways to make things easier, we understand it's not always effective. The outcome doesn't always produce what is hoped for. And in 2014, there was a book published by Ryan Holiday called The Obstacle is the Way. In it, he talks about the reality of life and the obstacles we often face. We don't often get to choose the obstacles that we face, but we do get to choose our response to them. And today I want to borrow the title and speak to this idea that I found woven through the Bible. And I want to speak on the subject, when the obstacle is the way. When the obstacle is the way. I've said it recently, but let me say it again. As Christians, we are not protected from problems. As believers, we're not secured from sickness. As apostolics, we are not immune from issues in life. Jesus said, in the world, you will have tribulation. He said, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. But in the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. My emphasis today is not just about removing the trouble. Although I do believe that God can remove any obstacle. Does anybody have a testimony where you understand that God is capable of moving any obstacle in your life? However, I want to speak to some of you today. I felt compelled and burdened this week to speak towards this. Who are facing a trial that doesn't seem to have an expiration date to it. Some of you are in circumstances that you feel you have done everything that you could. And you've done everything according to scripture. And yet the answer hasn't come. You are facing pressure. You are facing testing. You are facing questions. And you're facing pain. And as I speak today, some of you will know that God is talking to you. Your spirit will bear witness to it. And I have confidence in God today. In this world, you will have tribulation and trouble. But take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. You don't have to go very far in the Holy Scriptures to see where trouble comes near. Sin from the very beginning has created issues and trouble in our life. And when we look at the human condition today, we find a world that is broken. We find a world full of hatred and oppression and sickness. And I will say today that we can track it back to sin. Trouble appeared in paradise and has never left. Obstacles to God's plan has existed since the creation of humanity. The enemy of our souls has not relented from trying to keep us from experiencing the beauty of God's promises for us. From the temptation in the Garden of Eden until now, the enemy, the thief, comes only to steal, kill.
kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. There's always been an obstacle, but there's always been a remedy to the obstacle. What I want you to understand today about the obstacle, the obstacles in our lives that we find sometimes, is that while, yes, there are times when God moves the obstacle, there are times when God has us walk through the obstacle. Sometimes the obstacle is actually the way to the promise. Sometimes the obstacle is actually the way to what God is trying to accomplish. Now, we can look at a passage or a particular story in Scripture where the enemy tried to stop God's plan for the children of Israel. When the enemy was in captivity, in bondage to the Egyptians, and they began to make their escape from the oppressor. That grip that Pharaoh had on them was great, and it was terrifying. But God chose to bring them out. And he chose to bring them out through a way. He was going to give them a specific path in which they would find deliverance. A very specific path that they would inherit the promises. But what we realize in this passage, and many of you know this, you know what I'm getting ready to say, that God did not bring them through to the promise through the simplest way. He chose to take them in a path that didn't look easy, and it wasn't easy. Now watch in Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. That would have made sense. That would have been much easier. It was much closer. We could just leave Egypt and get where we need to go. But watch what God said. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. In other words, that they're going to come to another moment in their life that's going to bring struggle and it's going to bring complication. And if I would just give them the easy route, they would be too near. They would get too afraid and they would turn back and go back to Egypt. But I am going to allow an obstacle in their life that is going to allow my will to be accomplished. And so he says, but God led the people around by the way of the wilderness towards the Red Sea, and the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. In other words, the obstacle was the way. It was the way. Although it was difficult, it was God's way of helping them accomplish everything he intended for them to accomplish. And so in the Exodus chapter 14, verse 9, it says the Egyptians pursued them 
The Pharaoh's horses and chariots, they pursued them. Verse 10, when Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. This doesn't make sense to us. This route that you've taken us on doesn't make sense to us. Look at it. The enemy is pursuing us. We are nowhere closer to the promise. In fact, we're outside of what we thought we were going after. Has anybody been there before? What you were walking through and what you're walking through doesn't make sense to you. The delay, the trouble, the pushback, the testing, the lack of clarity, the waiting, the pain, the inconvenience, it doesn't make sense to us. But let me remind somebody here today, it could be that the obstacle is the way. It could be the fact that you haven't got there yet, that the doors haven't quite opened yet. It may be that God is working something that you can't see. Oh, hallelujah. And so in verse 13, Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will never see again. He says the Lord will fight for you. Oh, hallelujah. And you have only to be silent. In other words, quit complaining. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel. Tell the Calvary church. Tell you sitting there today wondering why you are where you are. Tell them, go forward. Go forward. Keep walking. Keep going. Don't give up now. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Sean, Tammy, celebrate recovery. Go forward. TCA child care, preschool, go forward. Calvary Academy, kindergarten through 12th grade, go forward. Mom with a difficult child, go forward. Job loss, go forward. Oxford, go forward. Because sometimes, sometimes, the obstacle is the way. Oh, hallelujah. So, Moses 
God said, stretch forth your hand. He stretched forth his hand and the, the waters parted. In verse 30, thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore and Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians so the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. There will be times in our lives when the way to the promise of God is to walk through the obstacle. To walk through the difficult time. And so, I want to offer you today, and I hasten, three things to do when the obstacle is the way. Now, I want to look at another example. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But I feel like some of you are in moments where you're wanting to give up. You're wanting to throw in the towel and say something must be wrong. But I, I felt pressed today to preach that sometimes the obstacle and the pressure is the way in which God accomplishes his work. And when I look at Daniel in the Old Testament from working in an environment where his faith was ridiculed. He worked in a tough environment. Any of you know what I'm talking about today? Some of you have had to make some decisions in the last month or so that have really tested your faith on your job. And he was challenged. Throw to, and he was, he was challenged by being thrown in the lion's den. It's quite a few obstacles and we could lead, read a list of obstacles from Daniel's life. Today I'm going to read a couple passages, not because I'm going to try to exhaust the meaning of some of these deep passages, but I want to present to you three things to do when you live a life where the obstacle is the way. Because when we look at the life of Daniel, we realize that he was not in a free environment. He was in an environment where he was held captive. He might have been successful, but you have to remember that he was not doing what he wanted to do with his life. And so, first we read a passage in Daniel chapter 9, verse 1. It says, in the first year of Darius, the son of Hazarus, the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign... I, Daniel, understood by the books of the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And so, when the obstacle is the way, we must first perceive what God is wanting to accomplish. Daniel was able to perceive in the middle of captivity, in the middle of being where he didn't want to be, in the middle of working for a pagan employer. Daniel was able to perceive the word and the will of God. We must understand that the will and the word of God can be made known to us no matter where we find ourselves. Evangelist David Bryan said it last week. The word of God 
is not hindered by your circumstance. Somebody needs to know that. The word of God is not hindered by your circumstance. It's amazing to me in scripture to find the word of God showing up in the most difficult of circumstances. In famine, God's word showed up. In drought, God's word showed up. In captivity and in chaos and in bondage, in prison, God's word somehow was able to show up. God's word is not hindered by our circumstances today. We can have hope even in the face of adversity because we know God's will in the face of adversity. That's why he said, I can give you a peace that passes natural understanding. I can give you hope in a situation that looks hopeless. Brother Dale Perry, thank you for quoting this scripture. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. In other words, I can put a buffet of God's word in front of you, even in the midst of your enemies. God's word can show up. That's why Paul would write to Timothy, but the word of God is not bound. The word of God is not bound. Peter, when you're in the prison with Silas all locked up, guess what? The word of God is not bound. Oh, hallelujah. You can have a vision for a future in uncertain times. You can have understanding of God's plan in the middle of a hostile work environment. What does Daniel do? When he perceives the will and the word of God. Daniel 9.3. He says, then I set my face towards the Lord. To make request by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. I think sometimes we think of prayer as just a way For us to grasp and grapple at some mystical life or some mystical direction. But Daniel was not praying random prayers. Daniel was not praying prayers just uh, trying to get out of his circumstance. He was praying the will and the word of God. He said, once I perceived what God said in his word he would do, he said, I set my face to pray until it happened. Oh, hallelujah. And this is a powerful principle and decision. When there is an obstacle in the way, when there is something in the path that you feel like, I I, I don't know what to do. First, you perceive, you need to understand what God's will is. But then you need to pray that will. Because prayer is a constant humbling of ourselves to the purpose and plan of God. There was an old school church term that maybe we use a little bit today. It's called praying through. 
Anybody ever heard the term praying through? It meant that someone had prayed and they had come back to God. But I want to encourage somebody who is walking through an obstacle today to pray through. That you need to pray your way through it. If you can perceive God's plan, if you can understand that God is working, I want you to pray for deliverance for your friend. I want you to pray for restoration of your child. Pray for God's favor and God's anointing. Pray for that open door. Pray what you are believing God's word is saying. Prayer is our partnership with the purpose of God. I'm going to say that two more times. Prayer is our partnership with the purpose of God. Prayer is our partnership with the purpose of God. And so Jesus taught us to pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If it's been established in the heavens, let it come to earth. Prayer is our partnership to the purpose of God. And finally, When the obstacle is the way. Yes, we perceive, we understand what God is doing and we pray. But then we must persevere. The Bible uses terms like endure, patience, faithful, steadfast. It is what Daniel continued to do when nothing changed. That was the catalyst for God's purpose being accomplished. David continued to pray even when he didn't see anything happening. He continued to be faithful to the things of God in spite of his captivity. Daniel was patient as the angels fought to accomplish God's work. Daniel, I should say, I think I said David, I meant Daniel. A lot of bees in the Bible there. <laughs> Daniel endured the unfairness of the lies and hatred of those around him. He was thrown into a lion's den unjustly. Yet, he continued to pray. He continued to trust God. He continued to do what was right when no one was looking. Daniel Remain steadfast in his faith in God in a pagan environment. I want to tell somebody today, you're not out of God's will because you are facing a difficult circumstance. Testing is not a sign of failure. It's a sign of trust. So keep doing what you know is right. Keep walking in faith. Keep honoring God in your giving. Keep honoring God with your time. Keep honoring God with your devotion. Because here's what we realize. Jesus showed us that sometimes the obstacle is actually the way. It would have been easier for Jesus to skip the agony and shame of the cross. 
But Jesus understood that the obstacle was the way. The struggle was the way. The suffering was the way. The cross was the way. When the obstacle is the way, Christ showed us the power, perception, his understanding of God's will was powerful and it was important. Jesus knew why he came. And so understanding that, he was not living aimlessly. He understood the word and he understood the will of God. And so when the obstacle was the way, Christ showed us the power of prayer. And Jesus prayed. I find that remarkable. I don't know about you. But one of the greatest reasons you and I need to make prayer a priority is because even Jesus prayed. And when Jesus was faced with the opportunity, he said, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. This was done in a moment of prayer where he traded his will for God's will. When the obstacle is the way, Christ showed us the power of perseverance. The writer of Hebrews says, we look to Jesus, the founder, perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. His joy and the reason he walked through every painful step of the cross was you and I. The obstacle was the way. Would you stand with me? So as we accept this idea that sometimes the obstacle is the way that God accomplishes his work, I want to tell you today that the obstacle in your life doesn't have to be your demise. It could be that the obstacle is a gift. So James wrote this powerful passage to us. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of different kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Sounds like the obstacle created something beautiful. And I pray that for you today. That you not look for ways just to escape pressure. I'm not saying that we just live in situations just for the sake of being stressed out all the time. Some of you know you've done everything you could do. Done everything you know to do. And yet, you still don't find 
the answer that you really want. What I'm telling you today is that's a gift. It's a trial. It's a moment to test your faith. Why? Because it produces something. God told the children of Israel, I could give you the easy way. But when more tests come, guess what's going to happen? You're going to run. And had he taken them the short route, Pharaoh was coming after them anyway. The enemy's coming after you anyway. If he had just let them have their way, they would have ran back to Egypt as fast as they could have. And so James says in verse 12, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. I feel the touch of the Lord. I feel God speaking to people in this room. He's got you in a place where he needs you and wants you. And you need to understand the word of God for your life. You need to perceive. That comes through his word. Comes through the reading of his word. Comes through being in opportunities to hear and learn his word. We understand God's plan. But I want to tell some of you today that you need to keep praying. You need to keep praying. Daniel prayed in chapter 9. He prays and we, we can assume that he began praying in the morning and by evening the angel came. There's another passage, I think it's the next chapter, where Daniel's praying. In 21 days, it takes. And the angel tells him it's because there's a warfare you don't see going on. And so keep praying and keep persevering. Keep walking. Keep honoring God with your life. Because these trials are going to produce a blessing in your life. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.